In this episode, my husband and I will continue where we left off in our previous Bhagavad Gita chat. We will talk about chapter 2. Hello, Yogi. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Aiko, and on this show we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice. Welcome again, my dear Shamananda. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. As usual, it's also my honor to have you here. So um, let's dive in into chapter two. Can you just uh, introduce us to chapter two of the Bhagavad Gita? Yes. So, so chapter two is the first chapter in, in the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna uh, starts to speak for real. He only says maybe four words in the first chapter. Uh, very uh, important words, um, but uh, yeah, not very elaborate. And uh, the main speaker in uh, Bhagavad Gita's first chapter is Arjuna, presenting his arguments not to take part in the war that is mm -hmm. about to begin. So what were the Krishna's words in the first chapter? It was just see all the kurus assembled here and uh, it referred to arjuna's relatives who were mm -hmm. on the opposite side uh, on the battlefield and uh, they represent arjuna's attachments so that that is the kind of inner meaning of krishna saying that uh, because it is very obvious that the kurus are there so he's kind of saying it to kind of poke at arjuna and say like these are your um, like he is making an inner point that these these are your attachments. This is what you have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we can do a very brief recap from chapter one, just to explain to maybe someone didn't hear the first episode what is happening in chapter one. Yes. So so what is happening there is that uh, you have these two armies. Uh, standing like facing each other but before the war is about to begin mm. like in these times the, the wars were very uh, structured and kind of civilized like they would like they wouldn't fight until like the signal had come and uh, and also like in the evenings for example they would stop and they, they could even go and uh, associate with one another on the opposite sides and then go and then go back the next day and, and continue fighting there there's actually been similar things happening in um, more recent wars like in world war one uh, mm -hmm. in uh, in germany there were uh, like opposing sides like playing soccer at night <laughs> and then going back to fight uh, fight each other uh, but when the um, when the like leaders on, on the respective sides found out, they they put a stop to this, like and said it's like we can't risk risk such yeah. things. But the, there are actually even photos of of kind of how, how happy they were when <laughs> they can just yeah. kind of play and uh, play at night. So it's just the same. Uh, like this was um, more of a tradition back then that you were you kind of had some honor. Like there was no backstabbing and things like that. It's just you, you kind of fought honestly, mm. and uh, yeah. Um, so so they were standing, kind of waiting for the signal, 
for the war to begin and uh, and Arjuna asks Krishna to bring uh, Krishna is Arjuna's charioteer here and Arjuna asks Krishna to to bring him in between the two armies so that he can see uh, who, who he's going to fight with and uh, so Krishna does that and he stops the chariot in front of uh, those who whom Arjuna was the most attached to on the other side, mm. and and then and then Arjuna presents his arguments why he does not want to fight. Yeah. So what Krishna is saying now in chapter two? Yes. So so Arjuna has been giving a lot of um, kind of educated arguments, and and Krishna begins very heavily by saying that although you speak kind of learned words, uh, you're a fool. Mm. So it's very, very strong words. Like the thing is Arjuna's, Arjuna does have good arguments, but he's not honest. And, uh, With himself. Yes. Mm. He, like he's not saying the real reason he does not want to fight. And that is actually like, like a weakness with not wanting to, um, kind of combat his own ego. Mm. And uh, and they are kind of like his his attachments on the other side are actually kind of extensions of his ego. His and he, he does not want to to kill his ego. Mm-hmm. So it's it sounds like he's like being very noble and nonviolent, but actually, uh, in this specific case in this war, there is no there is no loss for anyone. Uh, like because everyone who dies. Uh, in a, in a holy war like this, they will all go to heaven or, or better. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so the actual reason he does not want to fight is that he does not want to kill his ego. And the ego is the basis of, like attachment to your own ego is the basis of violence. So it is tricky that there is, there is a verse later on in Bhagavad Gita that says that uh, there can be action in inaction and in action, in action. Mm-hmm. So, so in the same way that there can be violence in non-violence, and there can be non-violence in violence. Yeah. So, so uh, it's it's actually it's a uh, you kind of have to tune in to, to these kind of subtle reality to to appreciate. Yeah, and can we say that the chapter two is somehow. Um, an overview, a presentation of all Bhagavad Gita. Yes, yes. Some some commentators and, and translators they kind of give that as a name of of the second chapter, like an uh, like a summary of Bhagavad Gita or an overview. Overview. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you can say that the first chapter is like a prelude. Mm-hmm. And then the second chapter is an overview. And then when we come to the last chapter, chapter 18, we, we again have like a conclusion that also has like a summary. A like recap. A, yeah, mm-hmm. with an overview. So. so would you like to say something about this overview, maybe to present what, it's, what it will happen afterwards in the Bhagavad Gita? Yes, so, so Krishna will uh, go through... Um, different spiritual paths he will present different spiritual paths and and their uh, and their goals and com- mm-hmm. and compare them and and discuss who is qualified to 
to tread uh, the respective path. He's speaking about the different kind of yoga, right? Yes, like mm. karma yoga, jnana yoga, bhakti mm. yoga, ashtanga yoga, etc. Mm. And and here in this, so in this second chapter, he's it, it's not like a, it's not like Krishna is saying. So in, in this, like in this uh, discourse here, I will Say go through, go that. yeah go through, exactly. <laughs> it's it's not and if he is giving an overview, uh, but like kind of by just inadvertently giving an over, overview. Mm. So so he begins by lifting the conversation from the kind of uh, like sophisticated but still like uh, worldly arguments of Arjuna and bring it up to the platform of uh, of spirit mm-hmm. uh, like spirit over matter um, so he speaks uh, at length about the qualities of the soul how it's different from the body, for example, how it's never born and it never dies. Mm. Uh, it cannot be destroyed and all this. And then he, like after, so after giving Arjuna this bird's eye vision, he comes back down to earth and responds to Arjuna, like on the level where Arjuna first presented his arguments. Mm. And, uh, and he says, like what like while Arjuna is kind of saying that it would be irreligious to fight, Krishna is sh- showing him uh, that actually it would be irreligious not to fight. Mm. And uh, and interestingly, like you uh, like you asked me about this this chapter a couple of days ago, so I was listening to um, to a class. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to a class by our spiritual teacher, Swami Tripurari. And uh, he and there he was talking about these things and he, he mentioned that he had just written an article uh, on violence and non-violence in the Bhagavad Gita. Mm-hmm. And then just the day after, uh, yesterday, that same article, which was like, the class I was listening to was from 20 years ago. And, mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, this article that he mentioned was reposted on a on a website. That That's I... super interesting. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit more about this article. Yes. So the first point that Swami makes there is that uh, although Bhagavad Gita is played out on a battlefield, mm-hmm. uh, Krishna brings up uh, the concept of ahimsa several times. Mm-hmm. And he, so he shows like uh, at what points, at what parts of Bhagavad Gita this um, uh, this concept comes up. And Which is non-violence. For yes. Those who don't know. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and in one of the places where he discusses or where he mentions non-violence is when he talks about forms of knowledge. Mm. So he he lists ahimsa nonviolence as a form of knowledge. Okay. So uh, this is that's very interesting. So it means like when you have knowledge of how things are in reality, then 
you will naturally be nonviolent. Like if you really understand uh, reality, you will be you will become nonviolent. So, uh, like that is, for example, understanding these things that um, about the ego, about objectification of others. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like if you understand those things, then then you will you will act accordingly, and you will be become nonviolent. For real, not just yes, acting. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You you will understand it at the root. Mm. So would you say that like a summary of chapter two is that like the concept of being nonviolent for real from inside? Yes. Like the, like that you could say is the is actually the the kind of topic of the whole Bhagavad Gita, which mm. is like which is like Uh, again like paradoxical because it is on a battlefield yeah but it's about actually becoming non-violent in the real sense of the term Mm -hmm. and then after answering arjuna on his level uh, krishna is kind of giving a starting to give like a synthesis to kind of have this high knowledge of spirit that he was just up at before and then coming down to earth but then, like, like let's say, uh, like let's say, even if we just, have, even if we have knowledge about the spirit, um, we may not be able to act. But that doesn't mean that we should just be kind of uh, totally uh, like materialistic. Boring. Yeah, just like ignorant and materialistic. We have to find some kind of mid, uh, middle way, mm. and that is what Krishna starts to give there, and he gives. Um, he starts to teach about how to kind of act uh, within the realm of karma, but in such a way that uh, you you eventually transform and and uh, become liberated mm. and not like not further entangled. And it's it's a it's very deep and, and like you re- you really have to think <laughs> because it's. Um, for example, also, uh, like another synchronicity uh, these days, like today, our friend posted and posted on our on this Facebook group, uh, Bhagavad Gita chapter two, text forty-seven. Yeah. And his thoughts about say that also. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was kind of funny. Like, like it's all, mm. it's all kind of following a. <laughs> uh, the speech. Uh, yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, I just just kind of. Yeah, this kind of mm. synchronistic sequence. Mm. Yeah, so there he's. Um, that verse is one of those verses trying to kind of connect, like where we are with with where we want to go ultimately. And it's saying that Krishna is telling Arjuna that you have the right to to perform your duty, uh, that mm. which you are born to do, like that which is kind of your your dharma dharma which means your your nature like what you are like what is you in this world even if that's not your eternal self mm-hmm. you have the right to perform that but do not be attached to the results of your of your work and do not see yourself as the cause of the result mm. and that's very much related with karma yoga right yes Yes, exactly. Like, like, yeah, this is this is an example. 
yeah, this is an example of him like giving a few few saying a few words about, for example, karma yoga, mm. and then there will be a whole chapter or mm. or a couple chapters about karma yoga, for example. So this is how this second chapter can be seen as a an overview. Mm. Do you remember the last point? <laughs> uh, oh yes, never be attached to not doing your duty. Because like when if we hear that we have the right to perform our duty, mm. uh, like to act according to our nature, but not um, but we should not consider ourselves entitled to the fruits of our action, mm-hmm. and we should not consider ourselves the cause of the results of our activities, yeah. even though, even though it may seem like it. Yeah. Uh, but then and then we may ask, but then why should we do anything? Mm. <laughs> so, so therefore Krishna says never be attached to not doing your duty because mm. so, and this is like this is kind of cryptic but it's a, it's kind of like a secret to to kind of gradually transcend our our material uh, personality yeah while still engaging uh, with it mm. very beautiful mm. thank you thank you too Okay, so I think um, we are done for chapter two and uh, see you for chapter three next time in 20 days. No, in two weeks. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I hope this episode fulfills its purpose of inspiring you. If you like it, feel free to share it, give a review or a rating, subscribe. And if you have any questions, please get in touch at aikoyogareiki.com. Namaste.